1: Welcome to the Parent Footprint Podcast with Dr. Dan. I'm Dr. Dan, your host, and you are listening to our weekly podcast where our mission is to make the world a more loving and compassionate place, one parent and one child at a time. At Parent Footprint, we firmly believe the key to raising healthy, happy, and engaged kids is for us parents to seek the same, seek happiness, health, engagement, and of course, awareness. This thing, of awareness, that we talk about often, we believe awareness is the foundation for your vision of successful parenting. And with this increased awareness and intention, we can be purposeful about leaving a healthy footprint on our children. I am very excited about today's show, which is completely aligned with the parent footprint philosophy. The title of the show is Fatherhood in 40-Minute Snapshots with Jeremy Schneider. Now, Jeremy has been writing about parenting and relationships and mental health since after his twin teenagers were born. Almost every article he has written on his 40-minute train ride into work after leaving his family in the morning came to be this book that we're going to talk about today called Fatherhood in 40-Minute Snapshots. Uh, it's a collection of articles about being a dad and the joys and challenges, all that stuff that comes with it, which we are going to dive into. It all happened on his morning commute. Jeremy has been published in both national and regional parenting magazines in the U.S., Canada, New Zealand, Australia, and has been interviewed by the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, the Today Show, uh, Parents, and many, many more. A little bit more about Jeremy. He's a marriage and family therapist who was born in Philly. He lives in New York. Not only is he an MFT, he's also a chief technology officer. He's been... Married to his wonderful wife for over 25 years, and he has boy slash girl teenagers who are in high school and has a lot of adventures with that. Jeremy, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Okay, tell us about this commute and how this book came to be. I,
0: uh, it's so I, I live outside of New York City and uh, I take literally a 40 minute train ride every day. And what started was I, you know, I was leaving my family in the morning and it was very difficult. And it was, I, I knew I wanted to be an involved dad and there was something about that process of leaving every morning that was both difficult on my kids and difficult on myself. And it started, you know, I didn't start with the idea to write a book. I started with the idea of how do I process the experiences that I'm having and started to write about them. And before I knew it, I was pretty much writing every day. And, you know, after twelve years or so, I realized, huh, you know, there's a lot of good content here that might be useful for other people. <laughs> and that's where the idea of the book came from. And, and of course, I really I wanted to kind of uh, portray the idea that that it's these are moments that I have written about on the train. So that's why I, I talk about it, fatherhood in 40 minute snapshots. And each moment is a snapshot. It's a you're you're able to look at a moment in time from my family and whatever experience or insight or, you know, new bonding idea or whatever it is that kind of came about from that train ride, um, you kind of get to see. And I that's what I kinda liked about it. And that's also why on the cover there are photos of me and my kids because I think it it's a very personal book. I want people to be able to feel, oh, like I, I know what he looks like. I know what his kids look like. I can picture that in my head.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, of course, the stories are very personal, and uh, I completely relate in terms of the leaving and traveling for work. And, uh, you know, this this dilemma of mod- modern uh, fatherhood, which is – You know, this multiple role, right? To, um, to go out in the world and, um, make money and have a profession. And then this increased awareness and involvement that we dads have about wanting to quote, be there for our kids. Uh, I mean, I feel it's a, it seems like to be like a newer, a newer conflict for dads.
0: I completely agree. And I I think there's this kind of push pull that we're really struggling with. And in fact, I'm uh, working on an, on an ebook right now that is kind of fatherhood snapshots the early years. It's just really focusing on, um, you know, when they were toddlers and what I'm writing in the introductory in in Indian, sorry, in the introduction is the idea that, you know, we parents want to make lives better for our children. Like that's kind of the, the goal that we all have in mind. But I think, you know, you know, my generation, I think the generation that's come after us in terms of dads, particularly men is thinking, but what does that mean now? You know, (laughs) is that just providing a quote unquote better life financially? Cause that's what it used to mean, right? They have a better job. They'd have a better education than we ever had. But you know, the, the sort of, and I don't mean this, like we're, we're sacrificing, oh, we're martyrs, but the sort of sacrifices we make by trying to be more present in their lives in terms of maybe being around for school in the morning, maybe trying to come home at a better time in the evening, that that puts a limit on sort of what we can do in the workplace. And so we may not be able to provide the kind of financial benefit that our parents provided for us, but we are providing a different Betterness, right? We're providing a better quality of life. We're b- providing a better emotional experience. We're providing a better connection. And, you know, is that going to be enough for us to feel like we did a good job? And I'm certainly going to argue yes. <laughs> um, but I think that is a, a, a conflict that many men are struggling with now in ways that, you know, my, my parents and their parents didn't even really even
1: consider. I think what you just said is so spot on and, uh, example from, uh, a father I was working with in my office, what, three days ago, he said something which was so poignant as he was having this kind of aha experience. Um, he was raised in a nice area, a lot of, you know, good, hardworking people, valued work, play, and education. He, um, had strong education now he's raising these kids and he has this idea of this better like you're talking about how you know how for his kids to have the same thing he had and to have these even better opportunities and he stopped and he said oh my gosh better is not necessarily better it was like this first like wow because he was talking about all the, the coaching and the swim teams and the tutoring and the this and the that, all to have to be on the best or the better. And he was talking about all of the um, the consequences of this better, this best, all the negative consequences that go with it. And he started to really question, is better really better?
0: Yeah, I think that's great. And I think, you know, for us, you know, how do you define what – quality of life is. And, uh, you know, again, I think for a long time, we determined that to be that our children do better than we did in terms of the kind of job that they get, the kind of education that they get, the kind of money that they're making, the the house that they live in. And I think it, it's just a lot harder now. And so, how do we keep trying to make it better? And I would certainly argue that making it better in terms of the kinds of activities that they do is very different than making it better in terms of the kind of involvement we have in their lives and the kind of connections that we build with them.
1: So has your vision changed then over time as you become a veteran parent?
0: Yes. I think a couple of things. One, my ironically, my sense of Power is not quite the right word, right? But, you know, when, when they were babies, I felt this enormous pressure that every move I made or every thing I did or didn't do could possibly affect them for the rest of their lives. And, you know, when, by the time that they're 15, you realize like, there are just some things that you have no control over whatsoever. Right. right. <laughs> they just, they are who they are uh, for better or for worse, so to speak. Um, but I think what And, and with that comes a a level of comfort, strangely, right? A a level Mm -hmm. of confidence that you're like, okay, I mean, there's really nothing I'm going to do because of the kind of person I am that's going to screw it up. So it's really more a matter of how do I kind of, uh, what I call is kind of smooth out the rough edges, right? I mean, how do I help them be the kind of person I want them to be? How do I help them kind of figure out who they are and be able to maximize what they're good at and what they feel good at and sort of help them to see, okay, so these are some of the problem areas you have. Here are some of the challenges you have. What can we do to help you deal with them better? So they're not just these pain points, but there's these things that you're aware of that you can then do something about.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what you're saying really resonates with me as a father of three teenagers, this sort of awareness, and in a sense, liberation and freedom of the fact that um, they're their own people. At some point, you really become aware they're their own people with their own trajectory and destiny. And it's our job to help facilitate and guide, consult, be there, but it's theirs, not ours.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it's I I think it's one of the hardest things for parents to really understand. I mean, I can remember being in college and having, you know, knock down drag out debates with my structures and functions of the nervous system professor because he would insist that it is all about uh genetics. It's all about nature, and I would say, "No, no, no. It's all about nurture it's all about how (laughs) we raise them Mm -hmm. and you know it's i I would never tell him this now of course but you know he's mostly right i mean there's so much about genetics and and how are you know my me and my wife's genetics come into play together that help create them but and who they are right and who they end up being but the truth is we don't have as much influence in changing their core sense of personality, right? Their core sense of being. But yeah, we are uh, consultants, right? I mean, we are guides to be there to help them navigate the craziness and chaos that, that life throws at them. And whether that's in elementary school and starting to think about homework and friends and how do you deal with friends and what happens if you know, you get mad at a friend to, you know, the utter drama of teenagers where it's, you know, everything is multiplied by 483,000 times, you know, and mm-hmm. so it's, you know, how do you, like, that, that's our job is to help them kind of navigate through that, like you're saying. And I really like the idea of, of, of us essentially being consultants. We're human consultants, right? Helping them to become as, as good a people you know, as we can help them to be.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I often reflect on being a, when I was a young, childless therapist, children, families, how easy it was to blame parents for their child's challenges or problems. And then having my own little ones experiencing, as I used to tell my clients, like you, you can see how they become what they become even before you have a chance to to screw them up like they come out a certain way before you could even impact that it's like it yeah. really is um they all come everyone we all come in wired a certain yeah. way
0: I, I guess the one thing that I would because I, I wouldn't want parents to think that they, they don't have anything to do
1: <laughs> right
0: um, right and I think that you know, the, the part that kept driving me and I, and I, I allude to this a little bit in the book, but, you know, I didn't have, uh, remotely a positive childhood experience. And to me, you know, what I wanted to do more than anything else was to make sure that my kids never doubted how much I love them. And that, I was always there for them and present for them. And I think those are the things that we need to do as parents, right? Yes, I think there's something to be said about sort of exposing them to different things so that they can find out what they like. I mean, my daughter loves musical theater, but my son loves photography and drumming. They're, they're different things. They have their different ways of expressing themselves. And my job is to just support them in that, right? But if they if we had not kind of given them the foundation of unconditional love, acceptance, support, uh, genuine affection and caring, I do think they end up turning out differently. But I think the fact that my son is more one way and my daughter is more another way are things that we had no control over.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yes. love. Uh, connection, uh, security, uh, these are all huge. And I'm thinking this is where you delineate the difference between parenting and connecting with your child.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the way that I think about parenting is partly the way I think about, it's like the responsibilities that we have as a parent, right? It is my job to make sure that they get an education, that they have food, that they have a house, that they do not have those kind of basic, uh, worries over those kinds of things. I think that's one of my primary roles as a parent. But when I think about connecting with a child, it's very different. And that doesn't mean that, you know, there shouldn't be boundaries and consequences and so on and so forth. That's the parental side of it, right? That's being a parent. But the connecting part I mean, that's ideally that's where the fun is. Right. And, and either it's a, it's me being able to share what I love with them and, you know, taking them on a a bird watch. Right. I mean, when they were younger and we would go on vacation to Florida, that would be a thing that we would do. And I always loved birds and being able to share that with them and get them excited about it was so much fun. I mean, it just, it made the whole experience better for all three of us. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, the the other piece of that is understanding what they love, right? And so I mentioned earlier, my daughter loves musical theater. I mean, is just consumed by this passion for it. I uh, never was a musical theater guy. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, my choice was, right, I either just keep being not a musical theater guy and not be able to have that connection with her. Or I figured out, you know, I at least let her teach me and show her what she likes about it and and give make myself open to that possibility. And in the end, you know, I'm not a musical theater guy the way that she is, and I never will be because her passion is extraordinary, but I do love it. And we've gone to Broadway shows and I've had a great experience because I allowed myself to be open to that possibility because to me creating an opportunity to connect with her to bond with her is you know my highest priority pretty much and so i think you know i always sort of talk about the idea that you know what i love is nowhere near as important as what they love right and Mm -hmm. and yes it's fun to share the bird watching and and the other things that i love with them but it's More important that I learn what they love and share with them and give them an opportunity to teach me and show me What it is so fascinating about what they're into
1: and I and I have a quote here written down that I think Reflects what you've just said. I want to read it to get your comment on it here This is this is your quote what is important to a dad doesn't need to be important to his children. Yet, what is important to his children does need to be important to their dad.
0: Yeah, that is, uh, I'm so glad I said that. Um, <laughs> I, I really think that that's absolutely true and, and kind of what I was alluding to. I mean, I the, the hardest example for me, frankly, is I love sports. I am a huge sports fan. I love playing sports. I love watching sports Mm -hmm. and I live in a family where they couldn't possibly care less. (laughs) It just is meaningless to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know what, there were certainly times where I, you know, tried to show it to them or play with them to see if there was interest, but it was very clear there wasn't. And I never force them because, to me, then I, where's the fun in that, right? I, I don't, I don't want to make them do something they don't want to do. I, I need to find a balance of being able to, you know, watch my favorite teams and so on and so forth because I'm still a Philly fan, even though I'm I'm in New York, even though mm-hmm. I, that sometimes can be life threatening. But
1: <laughs> I gotta be right, careful, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I, you know, it's still important to me. But it's not important to them. However, just like the musical theater piece or drumming or, you know, with my son with photography, I mean, I love photography, but I don't understand how to do it as well as he does. I mean, he's got an eye and I think you probably understand this. There's something so incredible about seeing your kids do something better than you can do. And and it's not like, oh, that's not fair. It's like, my, that's amazing. I mean... I don't he didn't get that from me, right? Like that's not that he got that from my wife and and he's developed it on his own so amazingly. And I just love being able to see him do something he not only is good at but is cares so much about. And so, you know, letting him show me pictures and walking me through the process of how he edits a photo. It's fascinating to watch you know, him be able to do something that I can't do. He's got this uh, ability with photography and he's got this eye and, you know, he certainly didn't get that from me. And uh, I mean, he definitely got that from my wife, but he's able to build on it on his own and, you know, being with him while he shares with me the way he takes photos or the way he thinks about taking photos. And also for him, the editing process is, is almost meditative i mean it's it's fascinating and you know that's something he's developed on his own that's something that he really figured out how to do and how to help himself with it's kind of amazing to just be able to be a part of that
1: and you know one of the a a theme that you write about uh and talk about is what can hold a dad back from being the kind of dad they want to be and uh, and i was imagining That for a lot of dads, there's a competition there. Like you always gotta, you always gotta win. You always gotta be better. And what you just talked about is, you know, what a healthy mentor does with a protege. Like you, you want your child to surpass you. Like you want your child to grow. And how mindful and aware do we need to be when we're interacting with our kids and they're doing things that A, we don't do so well, or maybe we do, and they start doing them better.
0: And I, I think, you know, I, I absolutely believe that that's one of the challenges that we as men face, particularly because we do tend to be on the competitive side in that way. And I, I struggle with that, certainly, right? There are things that I do that I, particularly with my son, that he will do better. You know, we're playing video games or something. I used to think I was pretty good at video games. I, I am not good in comparison to him. Mm-hmm. And it has mm-hmm. been that way for quite some time. And it's, it's hard to not have that like, well, this is frustrating. If he's going to, you know, if I'm not going to be able to win, then why are we playing? And to be able to just understand that it's not about me and and it's not I'm not really losing, you know, and I think that's kind of the trick there. I'm not really losing when I lose to my son. I'm winning because he's winning, right? And because yeah, what really matters to him, yes, he enjoys beating me certainly, but what really matters to him is that time that we are spending together. And by that score, right, we're both winning. And Mm-hmm. It's hard. I'm not always good at it. Right. But it's that perspective of, well, what is my sort of higher goal here? And my higher goal here is not to be victorious over my son. A uh, higher goal here is to be able to, in as much as we do together, be able to build on our relationship and make that bond stronger. And so, you know, uh, so I lose you know, and we play more video games and, or I'm just not as good when we're playing on the same team, I may hold him back, you know, but Mm -hmm. he doesn't care. You know, he's just happy to be playing with me. And that's at 15, you know, I, I, you know, I got to take that and be glad, you know, I'm glad he still Mm -hmm. talks to me at 15. So, you know, I definitely think you're right. That's one of them. I think, uh, you know, another thing is that, you know, we have a, a kind of A lone wolf kind of perspective, you know, that men have that, you know, we should be the, the providers, you know, there's a certain role that we should play. And, you know, what we're talking about, and I think you and I both experience this, if I may be so presumptuous, is that I think you and I understand that there's a a better flexibility that we need in terms of the way we are as parents, right? We may bring home Money, right? We may be providers, but we also need to be present in our family, right? We may be like, for instance, with me, I love playing sports, but I also need to be the guy that loves musical theater. I need to be the guy that can sit with my kids while they watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine and enjoy it with them because they enjoy that experience, right? And so as long as we're sharing that together, and I think Too many men have sort of been raised on the idea of this, like, you know, we need to do we have our role and we have to sort of stick to that role. And I think totally in the end, we lose out.
1: Yeah. And this this what you keep making me think about is a parent footprint concept, which is what is your parent like understanding and being aware of what your parenting goal is will then drive your behavior interactions with your kid. So for example, if your goal is to just be able to spend time with your teenager who is being more um, internalized and going inward a little bit and spending more time in his or her room, if that's the goal and they're playing first person shooter games and you don't like first person shooter games, but if you can sit with them and get into their world, all of a sudden you're spending time with them that's a goal right if your goal if your goal is to increase their confidence you want them to be more assertive and confident you're going to engage with them in a in certain situations like you said like i don't have to win here like if they legitimately beat me this is good for them and their confidence right so isn't it about being aware of what what you are trying to accomplish
0: i i agree and i think the way that i think about it is i i think of the Kind of principles of parenting and you know, one of the things that I always recommend to parents when they're pregnant, you know, when they have uh, babies is to start thinking about kind of what are their core principles of parenting and, and in essence, this is like a, their guiding philosophy of how they want to be a parent because I think That really is helpful and certainly very helpful for me in those moments where you're get lost in the particular situation. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm losing. I really want to win. You know, I don't like losing. It's not fun, but oh, wait a second. This is part of being connected and bonding and building this relationship with my son. And that's one of my core goals and yeah. so if that's the way that if this is the way that i do it then that is better than anything else i could ever get from winning a video game
1: Hmm. okay so there's lots of gems in your book for people to read and if i can ask you to distill or focus on one thing that you would recommend to fathers and parents? One thing to create that emotional bond, that attachment, that love, that security?
0: That's a good question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think that what I would say is there isn't a right way. And I think the maybe the best thing that I did was I just never stopped. I just kept trying new things. And if it didn't work, I didn't bother with it again. And if it did work, then it became part of my portfolio of how I could build my relationship with them. So, you know, when they were babies, it was simple things like filing their nails or reading to them or singing to them or Dancing together, even though they were just in my arms. But you know, as they got older, one of the things that I did, and I, I totally did this by accident, was I left them a note before I went to work, cause they would get up after I left for work. And I left them a note that my wife would read them. And they, and I drew a little stick figure of me and them, cause I am not an artist, I can't draw for anything. And it was this (laughs) kind of pathetic stick figure drawing. And they went crazy. And for months, I was leaving them notes in the morning. Oh, you did so great last night. You slept through the night. I'm so proud of you. I love you. And then a stick figure drawing. And (laughs) I had no idea that that would have such a powerful impact on them. And I think the, what I would suggest is that you just experiment. You just keep trying new things all the time to be able to connect with them because you don't know what's going to work and you don't know what's going to make a difference, but you'll know it when you find it. And then nice. as they get older, you keep adjusting that, right? Because mm-hmm. how you, we relate to them as they grow up is different. And so, you but you have this portfolio portfolio to draw upon. And that really helps because it's like, okay, this isn't working now, but I tried this before. Let me try this now, you know, and you kind of see how that goes.
1: Nice. Nice. Don't give up. Keep trying. Notice what's working and notice what's not working. Yeah. Okay. It is time. It it is time for the parent footprint moment question that you have been dreaming about. (laughs) This question is tell us about a time when you became aware of yourself as an individual or parent and that new awareness had a positive impact on your child
0: so I you know we I obviously knew this question was coming and thought about it quite a bit and one of the challenges for me is frankly I've started therapy when I was nine years old so I've lived in a world where I have committed to being self-aware and it was i was trying to think is there really a moment and i was like of course there's a moment of course there's a moment (laughs) so when my my kids were two-ish and they were just you know they were walking around but um you know they obviously weren't at school or anything like that I would get up in the morning and I would be rushing to catch my train. So I had to get in the car and drive to the train station and then walk from the parking lot to the actual where the train was. And I, you know, I had this time down and I had to leave the house at a certain time. And if I missed the train, I'm late to work and everything is uh, out of whack and I'd be in trouble. And what started happening is that as when he started getting a little bit older, when my son started getting a little bit older, he would come downstairs and he would follow me around and I you know I would be eating breakfast and he'd be there like wanting some of my food I would go to the uh bathroom and and brush my teeth and brush my hair and he'd be standing right there so every time I turned around I was almost tripping over him and I was so frustrated by this I just like I I I it was you know I'm stressed I'm trying to get to work on time and I'm having a conversation with my wife about it and she's like um you know that he just wants to be with you I don't, I don't know how I didn't catch that right away, but all of a sudden that it was like, oh, well then the trick is, is I get up uh, 15 minutes earlier. Right, And then I don't stress myself out and we do everything together. So then I would get a bowl of cereal and I would give him some and I'd have some. And when I brushed my teeth, I would brush his teeth. And when I brushed my hair, I would brush his hair. And all of a sudden it became this like bonding moment that he and I would have in the morning because my wife and daughter were still asleep. Mm -hmm. But it it was that kind of awareness of not what I need, but what he needs, right? Uh, That's, you know, I mean, that's, that's the hardest part about being a parent probably is that our needs are not just, are not just not that important anymore. It's what their needs are. But to be, to, you know, see that my little boy look at me, you know, with those eyes of his and be like, Hey, I want attention from you. I want some time from you. And me realizing, Oh, I know how to do that. You just forgot. And then all of a sudden it ceased to be this difficult thing and became this really wonderful thing. It's a great way to start the morning.
1: That's a great story. And and uh it's so helpful when we have a partner to help us become aware and then <laughs> yes. yeah. And then for you to make that adjustment, right? It just became a minor adjustment that changed yep. everything. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. All right, everyone. Unfortunately, we have to stop talking to each other here. Uh, fatherhood in 40 minute snapshots with Jeremy Schneider. Tons of wisdom in this book. Uh, Jeremy, tell us where we can keep finding your stuff, your new ebook that you're creating and everything that you're doing.
0: You can find it at uh, www.jgs.net. So Jeremy G. Schneider, jgs.net.
1: We will check that out. Everyone, thank you for listening this morning. I encourage you all to heed the words of Jeremy's wisdom. Focus on those moments. Think about the attachment, the love, the bonding. Think about the difference between connecting and parenting, both important. Try to be the person you want your child to become. And as always, think about this phrase that I think about every day. What footprint do you want to leave?